When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast, where I go in-depth with the most intriguing people in the world of soccer. In this episode, I'm joined by World Cup champion Julie Ertz of the U.S. Women's National Team and Chicago Red Stars for a fun discussion on the World Cup year ahead, her uncanny ability to score on set-piece headers, and her power couple status with her Super Bowl-winning husband, Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Onward! Our guest today is Julie Ertz of the U.S. Women's National Team and the Chicago Red Stars. She's a 2015 World Cup champion and 2017 U.S. Women's Player of the Year. Her U.S. team plays in the 2019 World Cup this summer in France. Julie, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So much to talk about here now that we're in 2019. We're speaking on January 3rd. And I'm wondering, where were you for New Year's Eve? And when the clock struck midnight, was there any part of you that was thinking, hey, we're in a World Cup year now? Um, well, I was sleeping. Um, yeah, Zach <laughs> and I aren't like the most wild on New Year's. So I was sleeping, but definitely like obviously waking up um, and just now trying to like write 2019 off of dates and everything. Um, yeah, it's surreal. Like, I just can't believe I remember after the 2015, like, you know, the thought process of really after the Olympics was 2019, it felt like kind of far away. And now mm-hmm. that it's here, it's just the time has flown by. Yeah. I mean, it's we're within months now. U.S. Women's National Team was unbeaten in 2018. A new year begins with some pretty tough away friendlies this month in January against France and Spain. What are your thoughts on the state of the national team? What do you feel confident about? What are you concerned about? Um, Yeah, I'm really excited. I think, you know, going undefeated in 2018 definitely gives confidence, but I also think it gives us motivation because we want to stay there and, you know, continue that. Um, And it's really exciting. I mean, it's unbelievable. Our team has so much depth. Um, It's unbelievable. And, you know, hats off to the coaches for really, um, you know, having a really tough schedule. I think this is probably one of the toughest past two schedules that the Federation's had ever, I'm pretty sure. Um, and that's huge for us because, you know, we've got to see a lot of different opponent, opponents, a lot of opponents that will be in the World Cup um, and a lot of different style of play. So I really just think that that was huge for us as well. And we enjoyed doing that as well. You know, one thing that's different about the schedule ahead of this World Cup compared to previous World Cup years is it's already been announced. Basically, all of the games uh, we know 
when they're going to be leading into the World Cup, where they're going to be. Does that in any way help you as a player with preparation for all of this? Um, yeah, I, you know, I think our coaches were really transparent talking about, you know, we're going to be playing in Europe a lot. That's, that's where the World Cup is. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it outside of, you know, just the playing. It's, it's you know, getting adjusted to time zones. It's the flying. It's, it's a lot of different things, different pitches. So um, I really just think it's, you know, I, I just remember from the last World Cup really like going in feeling as most prepared as possible really just helps with everything else so that you can mentally just focus on the game. There's this sense, Julie, that the U.S. attack may be the best it has ever been. And there have been a lot of good attacks over the years on the U.S. women's team. But we haven't had much of a chance to see the defense tested much in recent months. What are you curious to learn about your team's defending and these upcoming friendlies in France and Spain? I'm... I go up against our defense every single day and they go up against our <laughs> offense every day and they're, they're, they're hungry. They're, they're amazing. They're fantastic. Um, you know, they're, that's, that's not a worry for me. They are unbelievable. So, um, you know, I think as a whole, we're really excited. Um, you know, we talk about defense all over the field that starts with the forward. So when you say defense, I think the entire team, um, and, you know, I think we really want to go into this World Cup having, you know, both offense and defense on, you know, really sharp. So that's kind of our focus, I feel like, as we go into the 2019 year. It's a lot different for you, in a sense, personally, compared to four years ago heading into that World Cup year. I mean, you were part of the national team, but I don't even know if in January of 2015 we knew how involved you would end up being in that World Cup when it came around. Now you're a very established player on this team. Is the way that you're approaching this World Cup, now that you have the experience of playing in one before, is it different in any way? Um, yeah, for sure. I think having the experience um, is a good thing, but it also could be, you know, it, it's a different thought process. You know, going into the last World Cup, I felt like I had nothing to lose and uh, I didn't know much ever. And, you know, this year I'm so excited. And, um, you know, my, you know, I've learned, if anything, through the last World Cup was game by game. And so that's what I really have to focus on and make sure is that, you know, it's one game at a time. Um, I think a lot of people talk about the 2015 World Cup when it was really exciting, but I think people forgot that there was an Olympics after. And, you know, that left a really bad taste in my mouth. And, um, you know, that's where most of my memories, I feel like, and the most recent memories kind of lay. And it also makes us really hungry. And um, I did learn a lot from the 2015, but um, as weird as it is from the loss, I feel like I learned a lot more from the 2016 Olympics. Um, and that's kind of really where my motivation still lays. Yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting the way that works. I covered both those tournaments, uh, was in Canada, was in Brazil. Um, you've drawn Sweden, which eliminated you guys. In 2016, in the quarterfinals of the Olympics, you've drawn them again in the first round, the group stage this summer in France. Um, when you look at that Olympics and you compare it to the World Cup, what went wrong and, and how is this team different now even since 2016? Um, I, I mean... <laughs> Really, if you come down to it, we didn't beat Sweden. I mean, that's that's really what was wrong. I mean, technically, yeah. that's that's what knocked us out. Um, but I think it's just you know continuing like to learn from that. I think you know there's no point in kind of just like dwelling on the past and you know it sucked and no one wanted that and um, you know it's 
for me, it was a learning curve from going, you know, one year from the World Cup to the next year to the Olympics, which isn't easy at all, mentally or physically. And, um, you know, I think it's also a learning curve, but at the same time, it, it left a lot of motivation for this team. So the World Cup draw took place last month in Paris. The U.S. has drawn Thailand, Chile, and Sweden, as we mentioned. What are your thoughts? I'm I'm really excited. You know, I, we've played um, all three teams, so I think, you know, going in, kind of have an idea of the way they play, um, you know, it's exciting. Um, but, you know, I, like I said before, I've really learned one game at a time, and that's all I'm trying to, you know, start saying now nonstop, nonstop, to just make sure that, that you know, my mind knows, you know, don't don't think ahead of anything. Which means that I actually probably should not bother to ask the next question, because, like, if... If France and the U.S. performed expectations, uh, at least of those here in the media, you could be looking at USA-France in the quarterfinals in Paris. Um, are you not even trying to think about that? At the end of the day, you know, you got to play whatever team. You have to win every single game in order to win the tournament. So regardless of who you're playing, you have to win. So, um, you know... Regardless of what the draw is, regardless, you know, of, of what city that you're playing in, you have to beat the opponent. So I think that's, that's just an, a known fact, and that's kind of really all you can think of. One thing for maybe viewers of the U.S. women's national team that haven't followed you guys or as closely maybe since the big tournaments, you're a central midfielder now. Uh, you used to be a center back with the national team. In what ways has your role changed since you were a center back? Um, I mean, I, I feel like the obvious thing is I now play a different position. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the difference. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't too obvious. Like I played midfield in college, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it wasn't completely foreign. Obviously at this, at this high level, it was very different and the, the speed in the midfield is a lot faster than I had to learn. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my role is in the sense of defense first is kind of the same. Um, but you know, it's also allowed me to be a little bit more creative and it's definitely given me a lot more challenges, which, um, I've been really thankful for, you know, I think it really, um, you know, made me, it gave me a time to reflect and, you know, see the player that I, that I was and who I wanted to be. And now that my whole kind of, you know, vision changed of, of where I was playing and what I wanted to get better at. And, um, it really tested me, um, as just an athlete in general. And, you know, I, I'm really thankful for that. So one thing that I associate you with is scoring goals on headers on set pieces. You seem to do this with regularity um, and sacrifice your body to do so. How do you approach trying to get onto headers in the box on set pieces? Um, Well, I'm not really that close to the goal besides then, so I really want to (laughs) score. I mean... (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of far away from the goal to, like, shoot, so I don't know. I mean, to be honest, like, we got world-class deliver like, services, so honestly, like, my job's easy when, you know, Pino, Tobin, Rose, whoever it is is whipping in these balls because they're they're really world-class, so um, I'm not going to take all that credit because, really, it's, it's all them. All I have to do is run as hard as I can at a ball, and, um, you know, I, I just love trying to score, I guess. <laughs> I guess my question is, just watching you go with reckless abandon in the box, do you think defenders are in any way scared of you? Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess you have to ask them. I, I don't know. <laughs> do you want them to be? I'm not. I, well, kind of. I mean, I'm not backing out, so someone has to. 
what is sort of the worst thing that's ever happened to you when you sacrificed your body like that? Uh, I mean, I've knocked my teeth out so many times. So, I mean, <laughs> my mom's so annoyed at how many times I knock out my teeth. She wants me to wear a mouth guard, but... How many times? Um, I don't know. I feel like I need to ask my dentist. My dentist is my uncle, and we are, our family always jokes that that's, like, one of the best family member, like, careers that could have been attached to our family because he has to <laughs> fix my teeth all the time. Um, it, when you are on a, a, a set piece situation with a chance to score, how many different types of routes do you sort of have in, in the team's arsenal in terms of set plays? Uh, a million. A really? Million. Yeah, there's a lot. And I mean, I don't want to give away anything here, but like you have to then communicate that. I'm just curious, is it like hand signals from the, the set piece taker? Is it something else? Is it some secret sound? How do you communicate this stuff? Well, I can't tell you that. You can, you can, you, you can ask me in August. <laughs> I, I guess I find it interesting that uh, you mentioned Zach earlier. Obviously, you're married to, to Zach Ertz, Super Bowl champion, uh, just set a record uh, in the NFL for receptions by a tight end in a season. Obviously, he runs routes, uh, but you run routes too. And have you ever sort of discussed that? with him um <laughs> no <laughs> okay. i mean like when we're together like our schedules are so busy that like we i don't know like i feel like we not, don't really talk about sports that much i mean we do like we obviously like throughout the day and that's that's part of our careers but we're just normal people i mean our schedules are so busy and you know that's the nice thing of him also being an athlete is um you know, that we try to spend any time we can together. And regardless of that's being able to train together, I guess kind of he's like shows me like how to cut and move and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, we try to train together. Obviously, nutrition is a huge point, a, a part of our lives. So, you know, regardless if you know, we're training or, you know, making an almond post workout snack or trying to create like a crazy, you know, recipe for dinner, like we just, you know, I don't know, we don't really talk about like, sports like that in that sense but Zach's like a huge fifa guy player like he loves video games so like okay. we actually talk probably talk soccer more than well real you know not american football okay football so, some more soccer talk uh that's interesting yeah. to me i mean we got a little bit of time on this podcast uh I'm, I'm curious to know how you guys met we met in college yeah we had mutual friends and we met at a baseball game okay so uh you went to santa clara he was at stanford right yeah. Okay. And sort of how did how did it go from there? Um, we were just friends, really. Um, like we, you know, we met each other and hung out, but um, it was he was like in spring season, kind of getting like training, like to build up into uh, into the football season, and then I was training all the time with the under twenties because we were going to Japan for the under twenty World Cup soon. So like we met, but like we're just so busy. And then really after after I got back from Japan and um, after like his season already started, and he just reached out to say congratulations. Um, and then after that, we just kept hanging out all the time. Okay. And how have you and Zach influenced each other? personally and, and also professionally i'm 
he's just my biggest supporter. Like everything that we do, we try and do together. And, um, I, he just is my biggest influence. He's just, I just, I always want to make him proud and, you know, I'm away a lot and, you know, he supports me in everything. And, um, it's just been so cool to watch his hard work as an athlete. And just this year having the record and everything, it's, it's so amazing. I'm sure like people think it's so cool to watch out, but actually like have a first row seat to watch him do it. And all the things that he's been, you know, all the adversity he's gone through in the past six years, is pretty amazing. And it's, it's motivation itself. And I just am so grateful for him and all the time. I was going to ask you, how many days a year are you and Zach in the same place? Um, this year was pretty wild. I think we counted, we were together like 80 days out of the year. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, this year was, was not ideal. I think we're at more now. I can't remember when we counted that, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. So I guess then people out there might wonder, so do you guys have any advice on, on relationship stuff in terms of if you're not around your spouse as much as you want to be, how do you try and make the most of it when you are? Yeah, I, you know, we've learned that communication is absolutely key. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, technology um, has its props to be able to FaceTime as much as possible, but it's really making time um, for when you can. Like, we, we make sure that we're, you know, very vocal about, you know, you know, where we're at and, um, and just try to make the most out of, out of time. You know, we just try to spend as much time together and, um, I feel like I'm just trying to give advice, but I just, I don't know. I just, just love as much as possible, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it, it's hard, but you know, I think our, I mean, it's nice to have Zach and his support and he understands it. And, um, our family has been a huge part of that as well to help motivate us and, you know, make sure that, that we're able to perform. And I know that they sacrifice a lot for us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, you know, hard work like everything else. Yeah. I, you and Zach have started a foundation fairly recently. What are you guys doing with your foundation work? Yeah, you know, we're, we're you know, raising money to be able to um, give kids education and sports opportunities. Um, we, you know, education and sports had, had a huge impact in our life, and we were able to give back, you know, to, to kids to be able to have those opportunities as well. So will he be at the Women's World Cup? Um, well, the roster's not made yet, so I, you know, I gotta work my, I gotta work my butt off to get that done. Um, I, I would hope that he could support me wherever, you know, or whatever tournament or wherever we are, but, um, I, I got work to do. No, that's, uh, actually an awesome response. Um, I'm curious, this is kind of a random question, who would be a better player in each other's sport, you as a football player or Zach as a soccer player? Depends on what position. <laughs> We've already talked about this. This is this is actually like two T. Like I told him that if I was in a position, I think that I'd be a safety, and he thinks I would be either a really good safety or a really good linebacker. So then I'm like, okay, so clearly I'm on defense in football, and I would be a way better defender at football than I think Zach would be because Zach loves to like catch the ball and stuff. <laughs> but Zach's eye foot coordination isn't fantastic, but he'd be an amazing keeper. But he's way bigger than I am in goal, so he would be better than me at keeper. So technically. That question's kind of flawed because <laughs> it's, it's because it's positionally like it depends. That's why something tells me that if you were a safety and he were coming across the middle, that you would not hesitate to hit him very hard. No, absolutely not. 
Um, so uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about, and I think this came through to me when I was doing a feature story for Sports Illustrated magazine a couple years ago on Crystal Dunn, is I spoke to you for that story and realized how close you and Crystal Dunn are. Uh, what's the story behind that? Yeah, uh, I could talk about her all day. How long is this interview? <laughs> um, she, I've known Crystal since I was, well, I've known of her, like, obviously through the soccer world, but I've known her since I was 19. Um, you know, we're on the under-20s together, um, and I was, a, I was a right center back at that time, and, you know, she was on the right wing, like, as a, um, as a winger, um, as a right back. And so, you know, I just build up, like, on the field, you know, I started to know her like that. And, you know, we started our journey together. We went into the first national team camp together. And I can, I mean, on the field, she's the most hardworking, energized, um, like, unique, quick player and it's exactly what you want on a teammate on the field. But then you, you take off all the field stuff and then you put on who she is off the field. And she's a huge part of, you know, the team's culture. She's hysterical. She keeps the locker room fun. She's funny. Um, and she's so honest. And she just so – she's such an amazing um, teammate and human that, like, if she just, like, who wouldn't want to be around her, especially just in the, you know, the the – ups and downs of professional sports and she's just always so even killed and so positive and she's just such a great teammate that i mean i could go on and on about her but she's just been absolutely unbelievable and you know even i i always think she's amazing and i think 2018 she just even blew me away on top of that going through multiple positions she played a crazy amount of positions which isn't easy mentally mm -hmm. and she, she did it with i mean it looked like such ease and she just had a fantastic year you know, she was basically the last cut uh, for the World Cup team back in 2015, Crystal Dunn, uh, who just got married, by the way. Um, yeah, I was there. <laughs> nice. And um, I know she was involved in the Olympics in 2016, but, you know, using the conditional, if you guys make this World Cup team in 2019, would there be a part of you that's, uh, really happy for Crystal Dunn to get to play in a World Cup. Absolutely. Absolutely. She deserves it 100%, and she's worked her butt off for that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so how does it work? I'm curious to know, we've talked about on-the-field stuff with the U.S. women's national team. How does off-the-field work? What do you think is most important for this team and how it interacts off-the-field uh, leading into a World Cup? Yeah, I think, you know, in the past few years, as you know, after the Olympics, you get a huge player pool and kind of bring everyone together and you kind of naturally, as time goes on, like, you know, learn about each other and you, you just get, you get closer. And obviously through this year, we're going to be together a lot training. And um, that's also the fun part because obviously you get your, your inside jokes start going. And the we have such a diverse team in a sense of like type, I mean, um, characteristics um and it's just it's always fun it's, it's a fun group to be around and you know but everyone at the same time is so driven and wants to you know excel um and that that's also the fun part as well you kind of create this in the year kind of leading up i feel like you really create this tight culture and um and that's that's you know a special bond that, that you have um going into into tournaments 
Do you know when you'll be meeting up with the national team this month in January? Um, yeah, very soon. Okay. <laughs> you got games coming up at France in January, at Spain. They should be very good tests. Those games will both be nationally televised. Obviously, the big event is starting June 7th in France with Women's World Cup 2019. Julie Ertz, good luck. Thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Julie Ertz as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. And check out the 30-minute Planet Football video show hosted by me and Luis Miguel Echegaray on SITV. That's available on SI.TV, Amazon Channels, and FuboTV. See you next time.